I know that there's a lot of planning that goes into Thanksgiving. There's a lot of prep time. You know, we got to get the turkey thawed out. We got to make sure that, that, you know, we don't overcook it. We got we to gotta, uh, make sure to find those brown and serve rolls that only come out once a year and uh, make sure that we have those ready for the Thanksgiving meal. We have to find the perfect can of that jelly cranberry sauce so that when you set it on the table, it just starts wiggling. Um, we got to make sure that we have the green bean recipe with the little fried onion things on top. And we got to make sure that we have the perfect plates and the perfect napkins. And um, we have to make sure that, um, you know, everything looks like, like the, the table could be presented in some food magazine as the greatest Thanksgiving ever served. But most importantly, in our household, when it comes to Thanksgiving, we got to make sure that we eat precisely at 1230. That way we can take a break from the football game, have the meal during the halftime entertainment show, and then get back to watching the football game. It's so important because, you know, we got to watch the Detroit Lions lose on Thanksgiving. That's our tradition. And, um, and but the thing is, is that um, normally after we we go ahead and get everything prepped. We eat and we sit down to watch the second half. We all fall asleep anyways. And, uh, you know, a lot of people blame it on the, the stuff that's in Turkey that makes you go to sleep. It's probably just the 10,000 calories that I just ate. But either way, we tend to pass out after, after the meal. But there are traditions that we have at the Thanksgiving table. And, um, and when I was a kid growing up and we would be there at the table and the, the, it, the setting is perfect, the food is steaming hot and everyone's ready to go. And then my mom will say, okay, stop everybody. What are you thankful for? And it's like, oh, come on. I just want to eat it. We've been waiting all day and it smells delicious. It looks delicious. Can we just eat? And so we go around the table and, you know, being the little boy that I am. And, you know, Pete, what are you thankful for? I'm thankful for mom and dad. They're the greatest people in the whole world. And, and th that's it. Let's eat. And then they would go around the table. And then my sister, it would come to my sister Hope. And then all of a sudden, my sister Hope, before she starts speaking, you could see the tears start to well up in her eyes, and she starts to reach for a napkin, and I thought, great, we are not going to eat anytime soon. But that's a tradition that we have as well. Everyone shares what, um, what uh, they are thankful for over the, um, over the last year, and, and even this last Thanksgiving, we did the same thing at our table as well. But imagine... Imagine with me if Jesus was invited to your Thanksgiving table this year. Imagine if he was sitting there with you. Hopefully he didn't put you over the limitations of the social gatherings that we have. But imagine if he was sitting there at your table. What would Jesus be thankful for? Now this is just my imagination. This is just what I think. But I'm thinking there would be a few things that Jesus would be thankful for. And so... I believe that Christ would be thankful for the simple message of the gospel. That Jesus would be thankful for the simple message of the gospel. Matthew eleven twenty five 25 says this. At the time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the learned and revealed them to little children. Your heart must be prepared to receive the simplicity of the gospel message, the good news, to be humble in heart, to receive it like a child. What does it mean to have a, a heart of humility? It means generally that you are in a lowliness 
state or status of rank or of an economic means. You are lowly, you are poor, you are without. The ideal is to bend low to the ground and to express this attitude of submissiveness, to be lowly, to be humble. And sometimes we get a sense of humility from outside forces. Imagine when a country goes and takes over another country. Now the citizens of the former nation have lost all of their status, have lost their economic means and stability. Or maybe you get caught cheating on a math test and the teacher gives you that big red failed mark on your paper. All of a sudden, the lowliness comes in, the humility comes in. Or I remember one of my favorite episodes of the Cosby show where Theo was, was sitting there in, in his college lobby area and this girl walks in and, and she's practicing for some play that she's in and Theo goes over and he just begins to help her out. He gets caught up in the moment and he kisses this girl just as the moment as his girlfriend walks in and sees him quickly. Theo's status changed and he was of a lowly nature. He finally realized and discovered what the blues were. He was humbled. Jesus is thankful for the message of the gospel that comes to the poor. Matter of fact, in verse 5 of chapter 11 of Matthew, it says, The blind uh, receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Why is it proclaimed to the poor? Why does Jesus uh, proclaim this message to those who are lowly, those who are poor, those who have a humbled state? Because the being poor in, in spirit puts us in a position to help us to receive the gospel message. It's not about our economic sense, but it's about our spiritual condition of our hearts. Blessed are those who are poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those, Jesus said, who are of the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Jesus came to present a message, and he brought it to the people, people like you and me. Those who were of a high status, those who were of the well-to-do in the society, they didn't need God. They didn't want God. They were stable. They were secure. They were their own gods of their own lives. But Jesus came to those who needed hope. Jesus came to those who would receive this message, who were poor in spirit. And Jesus says, for those people who hear the message, theirs is the kingdom of God. People who are primarily faithful to God because He is their true source for salvation and for life. They are dependent upon the faithfulness of the Lord. They are dependent upon the Lord bringing protection and security. The beauty of the gospel message is found on the road of humility. 1 Peter 5, 6 tells us, Humble yourself, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your cares upon him, because he cares for you. When you humble yourself, you find yourself, um, you find out how much God actually cares for you. When you humble yourself, and you yield yourself, and submit yourself, and bow to the Lord, you discover how much God actually cares for you. 
This is why Jesus came to the poor and was thankful that the Father revealed it to us, to common people, to those who were humble, those who were looking for God. God does not overlook you. God does not forget you. He sent his son Jesus Christ to bring the good news and salvation for us. Be poor in spirit. Humble yourself before the Lord and discover a God who truly cares for you. That's why Jesus was thankful and he says, I'm so glad, Father, that you brought it to those who are poor, those who need you the most. Jesus is thankful for the simple message of the gospel. I also believe Jesus would be thankful for this. He would be thankful for the provisions from the Father. He would be thankful for the supply from the Father. Matthew 14 tells us this, verse 13. When Jesus heard what had happened, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. Hearing of this, the crowds followed him on foot from, town, from the towns. And Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, and he had compassion on them, and he healed their sick. As the evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place, and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. But Jesus replied, they don't need to go away. You give them something to eat. We have here only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Bring them here to me, he said. And as he directed the people to sit down on the grass, taking the five loaves and the two fish, looking up towards heaven, he gave thanks and broke the, lo the loaves and he gave them to the disciples and the disciples gave them to the people. Imagine... At Thanksgiving Day, on Thanksgiving Day, you hear the doorbell ring. And you open it up, and outside of your door are 5,000 men, along with their families, along with their children, and they are now asking you, can we please join you for dinner? Things start going through your mind all of a sudden. I don't have a turkey big enough to feed all these people. I don't have enough chairs for, for the people to sit down. I don't even have a big enough garage to hide all of the cars in the garage so that my neighbors don't call me because I have too many people over my social gathering on Thanksgiving. At least that's what I would be thinking. i got to hide the cars. I don't want to get in trouble. So what do we do? How do we feed these people? Jesus knew the heart of the Father. He knew that God cared for his people. He knew that he would simply provide if he asked. And so Jesus, instead of asking the Father, Heavenly Father, would you just please provide for these people? He knew the heart of the Father. And he looked up and he gave thanks, knowing who God is. Knowing that God is a Father who cares for his people and will supply the needs necessary for each one of them. Our Father in heaven cares for you. And Jesus knew that God would supply the needs for the people. When you're going through hard times, when you're going through times of lacking, times of trials and tribulations, when you're going through those moments where it just seems very difficult and impossible for your miracle to happen, it is time to stop, to look up, and to give thanks for a God who still cares for his people. It's time to start giving thanks for a God who loves you. It's, it is sometimes necessary just to get your eyes off of the problem and to look towards heaven and to be thankful that God never changes. 
Sometimes when I go through moments of lacking or, or moments when it just seems very difficult for, for answers, to, answers to seem difficult and they don't seem to be changing, sometimes I just refuse to believe what my eyes see. And sometimes I'll just take my wife out and say, honey, let's go out and celebrate. Celebrate what? Celebrate that God is still God and he is still in control and he cares for us. You see, Jesus looked up towards heaven and was thankful because he knew that the Father would supply what was necessary. Look up towards heaven. Be thankful. Philippians 4.19 says, And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. My God, my God, the God that I know will meet all of your needs. Not some, not most, but all. Because I know him. And I know he's the God who cares the God who loves, and he is the God who has means and supplies and provisions for any moment, at any time, in any place. God will supply your needs. Be thankful instead of being bitter and angry. Be thankful instead of worrying and doubting. Be thankful like Jesus who knew the heart of the Father Stop looking down at your current situations. Stop looking at the impossible things and look up towards heaven and be thankful that we have a Father there who will supply all of our needs. I believe Jesus would be thankful for the simple message of the gospel. I believe Jesus would be thankful for the provisions that the Father will provide. But I also believe that Jesus would be thankful for being the perfect sacrifice for us. Matthew 26 says this, And while they were eating, Jesus took the bread and he gave thanks and he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take and eat, this is my body. Notice he said that he gave thanks. He gave thanks. He was of a grateful heart at this moment, explaining to his disciples what his life meant. Take and eat, this is my body. And he took the cup, and when he had given it, he had given it to them, saying, Drink it for all of you. This is the blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. And I tell you, I will not drink of this fruit from the vine from now on until the day when I drink it new with you in the Father's kingdom. Jesus knew the reason why he came to earth to die for us. It wasn't something that anyone would gladly sign up for. You know, it's, there are things that we do that we don't sign up for. There are moments in life that, that happen that we don't volunteer for. They just happen. And sometimes they're very hard and difficult, awkward. Sometimes they're just things that we just don't, we feel frustrated and upset about. Life happens. I was invited one time to help a young couple move. They were attending our church and, and the, the husband decided to join the Air Force and they were getting ready to move down south and they needed to leave soon. But the problem was that his wife was pregnant and the day that they picked a move was around the day that they were, the, the baby was expected to be born. But they had to move. They had to, they had to leave. He had to go to the Air Force. And so that day finally came. The moving truck showed up and it was time to move. Well, that morning... That morning, she gave birth to her baby, and, uh, but she still found the strength to help and to organize and to load up the truck after she gave birth. And so we're helping moving, we're moving furniture, we're moving 
couches, we're moving chairs, we're moving all this stuff, and we're getting it into the truck, you know, and, and, and like anyone who shows up to help someone move, you just throw it in the truck, you don't care, just get it in there, let's go, hurry up, I gotta go, let's just get it in there, and so we're just throwing things in there, finally we get to the master bedroom, and me and this guy named Bob, we grab the bed, and we're, we're, we're bringing the mattress down, down the hallway, and we're getting ready to, to exit and put it into the truck, and, and there was the mom, and she just started to to come over just an overwhelming sense of emotion and you know realistically she should have been laying down somewhere resting she just gave birth to her baby and she's there and she looks at us and she says please be careful with that mattress it's special to me it's the mattress that I gave birth to my baby on and all of a sudden we realized that she had a midwife deliver her baby in her home that morning and Bob and I looked at this mattress and we saw the stains of blood and we dropped it and walked away. We didn't touch that thing again. I didn't sign up for this. I don't like this stuff. I didn't even like when my kids were born. It was messy. It's gross. And here I am. I just walked away. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. Sometimes we, we sign up for things that we don't want. And Jesus didn't want to die. No one wants to die. And yet look at his heart. In Matthew 26, going a little further, he fell, to, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed. Jesus prayed, My Father, if it's possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Jesus, knowing that this moment would produce pain, this moment would produce death, this moment would produce suffering, he still thought it was meaningful enough to do it for us. Because he knew that this would be the perfect sacrifice that the Father would accept so that we could receive forgiveness of sins. Jesus did this for you and me. And it makes me grateful for Jesus. It makes me thankful for Jesus. That Jesus thought I was worth dying for. That Jesus thought you were worth dying for. I am so thankful for that. So thankful that he was willing to die for you and me. So if we could imagine, once again, if Jesus was there at our dining room table and it's Thanksgiving and we're going around and we're saying what we're thankful for, I believe Jesus would be thankful for the simplicity of the gospel message. I believe he would be thankful for the Father who would provide all the, all the needs that we have, all the supply, all the needs that we have. And that he would be thankful that he was chosen to die for us.